Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. As a Christ-centered community, our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today recorded live inside the Wilson Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. El Timsha Gila is this word for my exceeding joy. And we're going to speak about joy today. I just had one picture I wanted to show you that reminded me of joy of something that happened in my life just recently. That's not it. I did not go to the beach. There it is. Look at the look on that little boy's face. Pure, unfiltered joy. So I had taken one of the little girls from her chair and I danced with her in front of the class and they went crazy. And this is typically the response that I get um, when I go. Some of you don't know, but I am a substitute for KC Wolf. I don't do the games. I'll actually go to the game tonight, but I'll just follow him around. I won't be in the costume on the field. It won't be me banging my head up against the goalpost when the other team kicks a field goal. Um, but I get to do that and I get to bring joy into the hearts of young children, and they, and they seem to truly love it. That's just one picture I wanted to show you. There's many more I could show, but we don't have all the time for that. So, uh, so when I looked up this word, this, the word, the Hebrew word meaning my exceeding joy, the first passage of Scripture that points me to is Psalm 43, verse 3 and 4. It says, send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to your dwelling place, Then I will come to the altar of God, to God, my greatest joy. And then it says, I will praise you with the lyre, God, my God. I will praise you with an instrument. Um, Not everybody has the gift that Vicki has to praise God with an instrument. We could attempt it if we wanted to. But it says, God, lead me with your light and your truth. Let me bring Uh, Bring me to your holy mountain, to your dwelling place. I don't know that if you've ever envisioned the Platte County High School Performing Arts Auditorium as your holy dwelling place. Like the holy mountain, this dwelling place of God. Like this, this place gets set apart for that purpose every single Sunday. And it's kind of a cool thing that we get to do that. And we don't take it. Uh, we should not take it for granted. This young girl that we met yesterday that was in this village, they, um, the box came to her. By, even before the box came, they were already a Christian family. They had already found Jesus through a local pastor in another village that they had to leave their country. They had to go to another country. And while they were there, they found Christ. And then instead of staying in that country where it was safer, they went back to their village to be the only Christian family in their village. Think about it. You, the only Christian family in Platte City. Think about that was the case. You were the only light in a dark place. Would you choose to stay? Because it's, not, it's a hostile environment. Matter of fact, it got so bad in their environment that they, uh, they were, people were spray painting all over town. 
stuff about their family and saying that they were going to kill them, that they needed to leave, they needed to stop preaching about Jesus. And this little girl was the only Christian girl in her school. And she was just a little girl at the time, maybe seven years old. And she would walk to school and she'd see this, this stuff written on the, the, the buildings in their city about their family. Crazy, isn't it? And that in the midst of that, they're still praising the Lord. They're still uh, honoring God, even to the point where a police officer came to their home, stuck a, stuck a gun to their father's head and said, you need to stop talking about Jesus or your family's going to die. And he goes, why are you so passionate about this? What is it that makes you so passionate you're willing to lose your life? And he says, well, do you want to know? For the next three hours, he's, he shared the gospel with this, this uh, police officer, and the police officer gave his life to Jesus. That's the impact. That's the impact of exceeding joy in your life in the midst of a difficult situation. Um, it's incredible that they actually chose to stay there. Now, eventually, they ended up coming to the United States after a series of events that God just delivered them away from that village. And not too long after they left that village, it was taken over by terrorists and it was completely destroyed. God removed them out of that situation. Um, in Nehemiah chapter 8, the people were encouraged when Nehemiah reminded them that the joy of the Lord is their strength. That their strength comes from the joy of the Lord, not from something outside of them. It comes from the inside. I heard Adrian Rogers, a preacher, I was driving to Joplin the other day to pick up Trish when I was out of town. And I was listening to Adrian Rogers speak and he says, joy is an inside job. Happiness is an outside job. And we all can find plenty of reasons why we can be happy, right? Um, and so the New Testament's word is a little bit different. It's actually spelled C-H-A-R-A, but it's, it's like hara or hurrah almost in a sense. Like that's the joy, that's the, the joy word in the, in the Greek language in the New Testament. And so here's one I want to talk, you, talk to you about real quick. Um, first of all, first of all, every single time I preach, I try to do this, and I'm not really good at it all the time, but I try to give you something to know I want to give you something to feel, and I want you to walk out of here with something to do. Okay, so I want you to think about that as I'm preaching this morning. I want you to know something maybe you've never known before. I want you to feel, I want to get you in the feels. I want you to feel something like, ooh, that stirs me, never felt like that before, like God's doing something in me. And then when you walk out of here, you have to have an action plan of something you need to do with what you just heard. Because if you don't do anything with what you've just heard, you've just wasted your time. And you've just wasted mine. Don't do that. And one of the reasons why I was thinking so much about this young girl is because she said that in her little village, eventually about 40 believers all came together in their home. They did not have a building. They didn't have a place to gather. She said when she came to America, she's like, man, you guys are incredible. You have places to come to, safe refuges, places that you can, the holy, the holy mountain, the place where God can dwell. And she was discouraged because she looked around and said, the place is not full. Where is everybody? You have a place to go to, a safe place. People should be flocking there. She says, it's not the case. Because I'm going to be honest with you, it doesn't really cost you too much to come here. Yeah. Listen, I'll be honest with you. Some of you have been coming for free. You haven't been doing your part. Let's just be real. You haven't. You just come and you sit and you consume and you leave. And that is not the church, ladies and gentlemen. 
That is not what he calls us to. That is not the thing that should give us joy. It should not give you joy to come and receive and never to give. It shouldn't. It shouldn't bring you joy at all. I'm sorry, but it's real. It's just true. And this girl, she's like, that was the most discouraging thing about coming to America. She's like, I just look around. It seems like you guys have to do stuff to entertain people to get them in the door. So yeah, yeah, we have to like create a circus. Next week we'll have a clown. And then next week we'll have an elephant. And then we'll have to have an elephant and a giraffe to get you to come back. Isn't that sad though? We see it all over the world. We see it all over um, the Western world for sure. Because we're easily entertained by things that make us happy. But they don't necessarily bring us lasting joy. So what are a few of those things? Here's some things that make us happy. Good food makes you happy, doesn't it? But guess what? You're only renting it. Let that sink in, all right? Apparently, a Coke from McDonald's, which only cost a dollar and eight cents, because I stopped and got one on the way uh, back home, says that on the commercial says joy is included when you buy a Coke at McDonald's. You get joy out of a Coke from McDonald's, right? That's all it costs, one dollar and eight cents. A Chiefs victory brings us, makes us happy, right? Even if we win the Super Bowl, though, here's the problem. The first thing people are going to want to know, what about next year? They're going to forget about it really quick, and they're going to be like, well, how good are we going to be next year? That's kind of how fickle we are as human beings. Uh, A Patriots loss. But you know what the problem is? As long as they keep cheating, they're going to eventually win another game. Can I get an amen? A little red circle with a white number inside of it. On my phone, that means I got a notification. I got a message. I got an email. So that must, might not necessarily be a good thing, <laughs> depending on what the email is about, right? So even that can make us happy, but then it can become a little overwhelming. Do you know anybody that on their phone, they have a big yellow or big red circle with a big white number in the center of it because they will not clear their email out or their text messages? drives me insane, all right? By the way, that's just, she's pointing at her mom right now. She's throwing her mom under the bus, all right? We'll talk, we'll have some therapy, we'll meet for coffee, we'll, we'll, we'll work through this, all right? Um, the smell of a new vehicle, does that make you happy? Oh, the other day I was getting my, um, my daughter's car serviced and I was in the Ford dealership and right next to me, like literally I could reach out and touch it it was on sale, honey. It was on sale. $63,000. It used to be seventy three, but now it's sixty three. Reason enough to go ahead and buy it, right? F-150, platinum, uh, King Ranch version. The leather. I could still smell the leather. It would make me happy, right? Until I had to make the first payment and pay the insurance and put gas in it. Our children... They make us happy until they become teenagers. And then they cause us to pray even harder than we've ever prayed before (laughs) in our life. We're entertained by things that make us happy, but we're sustained by things that bring us joy. Okay? Sustained by things that bring us joy. I want you to, if you have a Bible, turn to Hebrews. Actually, turn to James chapter 1, but it's really close to Hebrews. So we're going to be right in that area in the Bible, all right? Just go ahead and turn to James chapter 1. 
So what causes us to rejoice? Because that's what this word means. It actually means to rejoice with gladness. Uh, have a deep appreciation or a deep gratefulness for something, okay? So let me ask you this. Give me some personal examples of things that, that cause you to rejoice with gladness. Let's just be real. So We've got a cluster of people back here. So just trying to like, you know, everybody can participate. What brings you, how, what makes you rejoice with gladness? To see somebody receive Christ. You studied my notes. You got in early. That's coming, man. That's coming. All right. Yes, that's awesome. What else? When your kids use the giftings that God has given them. Yeah, when they start to operate in that. Yeah, it's really, really incredible to see that happen. When a baby is born, we got two of them right here. Like two little babies. And there's more around here, I know, because I can hear them. It's awesome. The sound of a baby in church is okay, people. It's all right. Unless it freaks you out personally and it's your baby, go ahead and keep them in here, all right? What else? Kyle, what gives you joy, man? Your daughter. All right, that's an easy one. Sunday school answer, yeah. Gotta say my... Do what? Giving things. You snuck ahead in my notes too, man. Dude, seriously, what are you guys doing? Got the email. Giving, yeah, giving things to other people who need it. Blessing other people, right? That's good. All right, um, what are some things? There's some joy suckers in the world. What are some things that steal your joy? Taxes. Yes. Negativity. Stress. Too much of that in the world, right? What else? When your kids aren't using their gifts and they're walking away from the Lord, that, yeah, that'll steal a parent's joy pretty quickly. Death. death. Yeah, death. death. Oh, death and debt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Death is a joy stealer. Um, debt, a little overwhelming sometimes. You know, when we're like, oh, man, I just can't get caught up. All right, so we're going to use, we're going to use the word joy, right? We're going to use the word joy, and the first, first letter is a J, and we're going to talk about Jesus as the ultimate source of joy, duh. We're in church, right? Way to go, Brady. That's, not, that's pretty obvious. We're going to talk about O, um, looking outward brings inward joy. Looking around us, looking to see who can we bless, who can we help, actually brings more joy than being focused on what's going on inside of me. That can be a little overwhelming sometimes. And then the, the why is, is yielding, which means to give way. It actually means to surrender to the Lord even in the midst of really difficult times, which I think is a real test for us. It's easy to be joyful. It's easy to be happy when things are going well. When we're on top of the debt. When we, um, every, our kids are kind of, you know, on the right path. They're on the right track. They're running the race. And, and uh, it's easy to be happy and have joy then. But when we're in the midst of deep trial, finding joy then is, is the real test. All right, so let's jump into this. So Jay, Jesus is the ultimate source of gratefulness and gladness and things that 
they, they said there really wasn't even a good word to translate the word joy. Um, some, per, some people call it, they wanted to use the word rejoicefulness, but that's really not a word. But that's like what it's talking about. It's like this fullness of joy inside of us when it comes to who Jesus is. Matter of fact, you remember in Luke chapter 2 where it says, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great what? Joy, all right? Good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. That brings joy. Joy, joy came into the war, world, right? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. We're going to sing that here in a, in a month or so, a few months. Jesus came to establish his kingdom. But his kingdom is wholly different than any other kingdom here on earth. He's a different kind of king, right? This king left his throne and came to earth to walk among the people, to, to, to be able to come and understand what it is that you go through, to walk through the trials and the tribulations of, of the world. Like he, he saw death. He experienced death. He experienced his friends walking away from him, not walking in the giftedness that he had been, he'd given them. The king came to, says to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty Instead of ashes, if you came in today feeling like you got just ashes and you're just defeated, he wants to replace that and give you a crown of beauty today. The oil of joy, it says, instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Man, I'm just going to pray right now. Lord, I speak against the spirit of despair that is in our world, Lord, today. Against the spirit of despair that is in this room today. For anyone who carried that in today. A spirit of despair that is in your heart and your mind today. We speak oil of joy. We speak garment of praise today. It says, in this kingdom you will be called oaks of righteousness. You will be a planting of the Lord for a display of his splendor. Do you know that in this kingdom it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field that a man found and then reburied. And then in his joy goes out and sells everything that he has and buys that field. Have you ever found anything that valuable? That you would be willing to give up everything else that you possess to go get that. That's the kingdom that Jesus is the king of. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything that he had and bought it. The king of this kingdom brings so much joy. Are you willing to sell out? And to say, he is worth it all. Everything else <clears throat> doesn't matter. On my way to Joplin last Friday, I was listening to a sermon, another sermon by a guy named Charles Spurgeon. It was a 1911 sermon, but he wasn't obviously reading the sermon. Technology wasn't there back then. Somebody else was reading his sermon. It was probably written in cursive, which would, which would put some of you out of the game because you wouldn't be able to read it, you young people. And the name of the sermon was How to Become Full of Joy. How to become full of joy. The dialect is a bit different for sure, but the truth was still very powerful. He cautioned in this sermon, he said, we should not love anything more than Jesus. I know that's a no-brainer. He called those things that we love more than Jesus foolish loves. 
He said, foolish loves are rods for the back of fools. That when we put our joy and our hope in something other than Christ himself, it becomes something that will harm us. I saw another quote by a current pastor. His name is Tim Keller. It says, sin is simply not doing bad things. We should all know that. Like sin is doing bad things. It is putting good things in place of God. That would seem foolish, right? To do that, but we're all guilty of it. 1 John 2.15, it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. I think it's saying, Do not love those things more than you love Jesus. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Love for the Father is not in them. It's almost like if you love those things more, you don't have love for the Father. Roy's message last week, if you were here, it was some pretty weighty truth. I listened to it, and, and you could just hear the weight in his voice. He was talking about the wrath of God and about the punishment for sin and how incredible it was that Jesus came to be the, the price for that sin. It says, after about 24 minutes, I could hear Roy's voice turn a corner because he started to talk about Jesus. He started to talk about Jesus and the good news of the gospel And Jesus is the one who sanctifies us and gives us a reason to rejoice greatly. Like if he would have stopped at minute 24 and walked off the stage, we would have been left in despair. But he brought Jesus into the equation who is the one that we can have joy in. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. All right, that's an amen. He offered one sacrifice for the sins forever for sins forever, and then sat down at the right hand of God. Roy shared the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where it says, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. This truth should cause us to rejoice with gladness. That Jesus took all of the sin upon himself so that you might become right in God's eyes. Does that not bring you joy, ladies and gentlemen? If it doesn't, yeah, thank you. If it doesn't, it should. And if it hasn't, I hope that it would soon for you. Jesus came to seek those that were lost, seek and save those who were lost. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 15, there's three stories about things that were once once lost that were later found. If you don't know those stories, look up Luke chapter 15 and you'll see it. It was a sheep, it was a coin, it was a son. Three things that were lost that were found. And it says in there that there was great joy in the presence of God and angels over one sinner who repents. That you were talking about it, Brian. When one person, if you've ever seen anyone cross over from death to life by putting their faith in Jesus, that is one of the most joyful things you can ever experience. You literally someone see someone rise from the dead and come to life. Maybe you're still dead today in this room and you've never experienced that joy for yourself. There's something that happens inside of you. It's not some kind of script that we can write to make it happen for you. It's an experience that you must have on your own. And it says when we seek the Lord, we'll find him. If we seek him with our heart, all our our whole heart, and seek his face, you will find him. And you'll experience the joy. Have you ever had the privilege to lead someone to Jesus Christ? If you never have, you've never known that joy, my friends. And if you want to have an experience... Like that, just go spend some time with Pastor Brady. Go down in the city, and he will find someone that he will pray for that will confess Christ as their Savior, and it will it'll change your life. I love this in First Peter where it says, Though you have not seen him, it's talking about Jesus, you love him. 
I believe that you do. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Or at least you wouldn't be seeking to love him. Though not seeing him, now you believe in him. And you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious what? Joy. Because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Okay, remember that. Keep that in the back of your mind. The goal of your faith is the salvation of your soul. Right? That should bring us great joy. We are to rejoice that there is more to this life than just this life, right? That there's something more to come. That there's more to this story than just this story. Like when we, when we leave this place, God has a place prepared for us that's better than this place. And while we're here, we're going to bless somebody else, right? So that they can know how to get to this place. That's the reason why we do this stuff. That's the reason why we meet here every single Sunday morning. That's the reason why this church started five years ago. And praise God, I hope that it will be here five years from now with or without me. This church will still be here and that people will still be hearing about the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus is a resurrection in the life. By believing in him, you can live even though you die. That should give you joy. Plus, we might not even have to experience death because Jesus is going to come again. We might get caught up in the air to be with him forever before we even die. Glory, right? (laughs) Oh, got to keep moving. Outward focus on others brings us inward joy. Have you ever bought a car, you know, and then all of a sudden you start seeing that car everywhere you look? You know, like, man, I didn't even know. I bought this car and all of a sudden I see him everywhere. It happens to me. If you, have, if you bought a Patrick Mahomes jersey, that same thing happened to you here in Kansas City. Everywhere you go to, I'll go to the game tonight, there'll be 50,000 people with Patrick Mahomes jerseys, all right? And, uh, and so when I started thinking about joy, I started noticing joy all around me. I started finding that word everywhere I look. When you look around and see how God is working in other people's lives, it gives us reason to rejoice and be glad. How many of you are following Kanye West's story? If you know who Kanye West is, if you don't know who Kanye West is, you're, uh, you're old and you're boring, all right? You need to catch up with times. Now, um, this is a man who at one time proclaimed that I am God, and now he's proclaiming that Jesus is king. You know, if, listen, if, if Kanye West is not redeemable by the blood of Jesus, then neither are you. That's just the truth. And he might fall. You might be, might be hoping that he'll fall. Don't hope that he'll fall. Hope that he will rise and keep leading people to Jesus. Because he has an ear of people we will never have the ear of. Right? Those people will never be in this church for me to preach to them. Because I don't have, his, I don't have his, uh, his, his, his reach. For sure. Or his talent, by the way. Um, okay. So there's a story. Um, there's a man named Russell Savage. A young man. He grew up in this town. His dad's the pastor of the Baptist church. Uh, Russell and his brothers have all had this passion for ministry for, the, for Muslim people. And they have uh, they've spent a lot of time preaching and sharing the gospel with, with Muslims in different places. Seven years ago, Russell's younger brother, Ethan, preached at a youth group in Overland Park to, to, to an Ethiopian church. All right, get this. Seven years ago, there's a 12-year-old boy sitting in the audience listening to Ethan preach. Ethan preached for three hours. Some of you are like, oh, God, please don't let Brady preach for three hours. I know, I know the kickoff's not till 7, but we still got things to do, all right? Three hours he preached. Seven years later, Russell's in Chicago having lunch with another young man and, his, and, and Russell just recently married and his bride. They're all talking in a cafeteria at Moody Bible Institute. This guy named Zeru is 19 years old now, walks up to the table and says, hey, I think I know you. Are you Russell? 
And he's like, yes, I am. He goes, your brother Ethan came to my youth group when I was 12 years old and preached about Jesus. And, and through, yeah, amen, amen. And Russell talked about the joy in his heart to realize that the seeds planted that day continued to grow. And that day when Zero was 12 years old, it assured him of his salvation through Jesus Christ. And he's still walking with Jesus today. Seven years old. All right, that's the reason why I hope that at least somebody gets something out of the sermon today. That seven years from now, you might come up and say, man, remember that day I was in church and I heard about joy and it changed my perspective of life. It actually saved my life that day. If that's not happening, then I'm just going to pack it all in. I'll go find something else to do. Jim, can I work at, do you have any positions open at your company? I'll just come work with you guys, all right? Let's go have lunch together. It'd be awesome. Today in, this, in this, this building is a young couple that when the young man was a, a teenager here in Platte City, um, most people would probably call him a hopeless cause. But I was hopeful for this young man. I loved him. I, I pursued him. And, and he, he hung in there. And now he, he, he's in the military. He's, he takes care of his wife. He's a hard worker. He serves his country. And you would never believe who he's become today from where he started. That gives me Great joy. And then you heard about Dania's story that I shared with you yesterday. Seeing God work in small and large details of life brings us joy. When we look around and see how God wants to use us to bless others, it brings true and lasting joy. And Brady talked about that. So um, earlier this week, I was, at, uh, I was at Anytime Fitness and I was walking uh, to my car. I was a little frustrated because I had to park like a block and a half away. Isn't that silly? I had to park a block and a half away to go exercise. I could just consider that exercise walking a block and a half, right? And on my way back, I stopped at the little, um, there's a little antique store, downtown Platte City called Hop Shop. It's this guy named Larry Newman. Uh, go in there and visit with Larry. Incredible guy. Larry's wife is uh, battling um, Alzheimer's right now. And it's, it's just, Larry's struggling to find joy in the midst of this trial. And I go in there, and I had bought something from Larry the week before, and I show him a picture of the, when I gave this gift to this young man. And while we were there, this young lady walks in. And I could tell right away she wasn't there to shop for antiques. You could see that there was a, a look of, like, a panic on her face. And she says, my car won't start. Do you guys, can you guys give me a jump? I said, well, I have a car, but I don't have a jumper cable. She says, well, I have cables. Can you help me? So we pushed her car across the street in front of Larry's shop. I uh, ran down. And drove my car back. We gave her a jump. When I opened up her hood, her battery was six and a half years old, which you know it's probably not a good thing. The cables were so corroded. And I told her, I said, listen, if you jump this car and you start and you shred it off again, this is going to happen again. I said, I want to do something better for you. I'm a pastor who serves a church of people who are generous and every single Sunday, we take up an offering, and 10% of that money goes into an account to bless people just like you. I'm going to buy you a battery today. Okay? No, we are going to buy her a battery today. I gave her my card. I said, you go down to Jeremy's right down here, two blocks down on the left-hand side. You show Jeremy my card. He will take care of you. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a small town. You can still do stuff like this. Sure enough, I went down to Jeremy later on. I said, hey, Jeremy. My friend come to see it. Yep, took care of her. He goes, I haven't written the ticket up. Just pay me whenever. That doesn't happen in a city either. <laughs> like, they want their money and they want it now. Jeremy's like, man, I know where Brady lives. I can trust him. He's going to be back. He'll come by here 12, 12 more times today on the way to Bee Creek, all right? <laughs> there really is more joy in giving than receiving. 
Bob Goff, anybody know who Bob Goff is? Look him up. Bob Goff wrote a book called Love Does. He asked this question. I listened to this message. It was a TED Talk. It's like a 15-minute message. He says, he asked this question. What pings you? What pings you? Like, bing. That, I want to I do that. Hopefully these things ping you. And you say, I'm taking one of these today. And I'm going to bless someone today. Some kind of ministry opportunity pings you and you want to serve. But it's going to require you to get out of your comfort zone, your bubble, your circle, your house, your car, and get out of your own way to serve. When we aren't afraid, he says, when we aren't afraid anymore, we start doing some stuff. Are you ready to start doing some stuff? You ready to start blessing people? You ready to start experiencing great joy? Spurgeon said this in this sermon. He says, if in the winter you complain of the cold... He says, get to the plow and you will soon glow with warmth. But sit down and moan and complain and blow your blue fingers. You shall feel the cold more and more. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, holy activity is the mother of holy joy. Do you hear that? Holy activity is the mother of holy joy. You start serving, you start giving, you start participating, instead of sitting around and whining and complaining, it will change you from the inside out and you will start experiencing great joy. If you make yourself available, God will use you. And if you ask God to use you, it's one of the most dangerous prayers you could ever pray. This is just one way to bless people. All right. I'm sorry. Turn to Hebrews or uh, James chapter one. You got it in your Bible? We're going to finish up talking about the why, and that is surrendering, yielding, giving yourself away, surrendering completely to the Lord, and asking Him what it is He wants you to do, even in the midst of great trials, he wants you to experience his joy. Matter of fact, it says in Hebrews chapter 12 that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. We've been through some tough stuff, y'all, but you have never been to the cross. None of you. Some of you have been through the worst pain you could possibly feel as a human being here on earth, but you've never been to the cross. So Jesus understands So listen what it says in James chapter 1, starting verse 2. It says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Trials are a part of what it means to live by faith here on earth. Trials aren't something that are optional. They are expected, and they're going to come. And a lot of you already know that. You've lived long enough. You've already experienced many of them. But in the midst of that, we, as followers of Jesus, of the King, of this great kingdom, we can experience great joy, even in the midst of difficult, difficult times. Look in... Uh, Turn over to Hebrews chapter 10, which is a few pages over. The writer of Hebrews is is talking to these, these people, and he says, remember, this is verse 32 in Hebrews chapter 10. 
He says, remember the earlier days when after you had been enlightened and like after you had put your faith in Christ, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to taunts and afflictions like Danya in her village and their family. Publicly exposed to taunts and afflictions. And at other times you were companions of those who were treated that way. For you sympathized with the prisoners and accepted, listen to this, and accepted with joy the confiscation of your possessions. Because you know that you yourselves have a better and enduring possession, right? Our faith, that's the salvation, the goal of our salvation, our faith is the salvation of our souls. We have a better possession than anything we could possess here on earth. So don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you need endurance, so that after you have done God's will, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, it says, the coming one will come and not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he draws back, I have no pleasure in him. But we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. Is that you? That you do not draw back in the midst of suffering? That you're able to say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here until God tells me I'm supposed to leave this village. A person will not tell me I'm supposed to leave. Only God will say that it's time for me to go. Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us someday. Our joy comes in our expectation of what the next life will be like. When we will dwell with God in glory and knowing that we are saved from eternal damnation. Remember what this is? It's your backpack, right? No, it's your parachute. So this story, this guy named Ray Comfort shared a story in his book called Hell's Best Kept Secret. And in this story, he said that um, on this flight, they were, they were 10,000 feet above the ground and uh, the pilot came to one of the men and said, um, I want you to put on this backpack because this backpack is going to make your flight more enjoyable. It's going to make it more comfortable. It's just going to give you peace. It'll bring you happiness. But after a while, the man realized that that's not true. This is not bringing me happiness. It's not doing anything to make this, this flight any better. And it says took it off and put it down. Some of us and some people that we know have treated Christianity this way. We were told, maybe by a preacher that didn't really know any better, that you just, just become a Christian, put your faith in Jesus, and everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be great. You're not going to have any more troubles. Life's going to be awesome. You're going to have everything that you need. God's going to pay all your bills for you, and it's going to be wonderful. Yeah. And then after a while, you realize this is not true. Matter of fact, after I put the backpack on or the parachute, life came even become more difficult. I had more struggles. I had more things that came, that came at me, and I didn't know how to handle it. But you compare that with the other passenger that was told, put on this, this parachute, because at any minute, you're going to be jumping out of this plane at about 10,000 feet. So he puts on his, back, his parachute. And it says that he barely noticed the weight of the parachute. 
or how uncomfortable it became. Instead, his mind was consumed with the thought of what would happen if he had to jump without it. And as a result, he barely notices the other passengers around him mocking him. Why are you wearing a parachute, man? It's, it's all good. Everything's supposed to be great. We're not, we don't have to jump out of this airplane. Everything's wonderful. And he had this deep-rooted sense of joy and peace, knowing that he's safe from sheer death. When I read of joy in the New Testament, I think of this second passenger. The joy comes from gratefulness to God for our salvation. Not a lack of trials or an easy life here and now. No, matter of fact, Jesus even said to expect persecution. That it's going to come. If you're really fully living for Jesus, there are going to be some people who are going to come against you. There's going to be some hard stuff that's going to happen in your life. Finally, did you hear about the uh, Christian music artist Toby Mack? Toby Mack was part of a group called DC Talk. It was a, that was like, DC Talk shaped Christian music um, years ago. Especially hip-hop Christian music. Just recently, his 21-year-old son was found dead in their home. I haven't heard what happened, but it doesn't matter. He's gone. Listen to what Toby Mac says on social media. He says, my wife and I would want the world to know this. We don't follow God because we have some sort of under-the-table deal with him, like we'll follow you if you bless us. We follow God because we love him, and it's our honor. He's the God of the hills and the valleys, and he is beautiful above all things. Put on your parachute. It's going to get bumpy. It's going to be some hard stuff. But we have an assurance in Jesus that we're all have the possibility of being safe and being saved because of our faith in him. There is nothing in this world that's going to save you other than Jesus. I'm just telling you right now. And if you've tried to find it in something other than Jesus, I'm sure by now you've already figured out that you're going to be disappointed. Put your hope and trust in Jesus today. Call out to Jesus in the midst of your deepest, most difficult trial. And he will save you. Let us. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or want to speak to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.